0: Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham.
1: Hey, it's Wednesday, and we're here on the show, Chris Graham. I'm joined by Rod Mullins. We're going to talk about this past weekend's NASCAR racing uh, in Bristol on the dirt. And uh, Rod, let's start with how an actual dirt track racer won the dirt track race at Bristol on Sunday night. Well, the Christopher Bell with the big win, and you have to wonder why it took so long for a uh, you know a guy who's a veteran of the dirt to, to finally win that race.
0: You know, I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that the track finally came to them the way that they had been wanting this track, or at least the dirt track uh, drivers have wanted this track to come to them for so long, because we've been in this situation where the first couple of years at Bristol just did not meet the driver's specifications. Heck, for that matter, it didn't meet with a lot of the driver's expectations because they didn't want to be racing on dirt, and Kyle Larson once again said, you know, we shouldn't be driving on dirt, not at Bristol and stuff. Bristol's a great short track, but we shouldn't be doing that. Kyle Bush said in an interview on Saturday, uh, you know, these cars aren't meant for this kind of track. Well, if the cars aren't meant for that track, we need to do something about it, but you know, it, it took that long. And I think, uh, you know, especially with Christopher Bell, um, doing such a fine job on, uh, on Sunday evening in that race, um, You know, he let the track come to him more than anything else, and I know that there would be people that were watching it. You know, it's the second highest uh, rated sports event that was on uh, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, and everything. It was the second ranked. Um, You know, some people might look and say, "Well, the ratings weren't that good," and so forth. People still like it, but you couldn't tell that by the stands. I don't know if you were watching the race or if you had a chance to watch any of the race. The stands were just. I'm just gonna be honest about it. it was pitiful. I don't know what in the world was going on uh, why this didn't uh, you know go off the way that I think that they were hoping it would do so at Bristol Motor Speedway. but getting back to the whole thing about the driving and so forth, uh, you know Bell just did a fantastic job when he was out there on the track. Um, you know I thought Kyle Larson uh, there at first he dominated the first you know the first stage of the race thought he was going to really run away with it and then he had trouble ended up having trouble with Ryan Priest, and you know those two uh, exchanged pleasantries a while out on the track especially Preece, uh telling him he was number one in his book when he was talking to uh, you know him going around the track to Kyle Larson you know the old bird was flying as it came out and ryan priest said afterwards he said you know i'm not ashamed of anything i'm i'm gonna hold my ground and stuff and i'm you know i'm not going to be swayed by something like this but uh you know in the end it was you know christopher bell just came away i think with a, a great win mainly because he was patient patient he he dialed into the groove except he admitted though after the race he said you know i was running out of real estate uh, I was up on the high side of the, of the, uh, the banking and so forth. He was getting up there to where the, the clay had kind of turned into, you know, like little pebbles, you know, with the rubber and stuff coming off the tires, you don't have that much wear on them, so to speak when you're on dirt, but that dirt, that clay starts kind of balling up and it gets a little bit unsteady. And that's what ended up, uh, he was afraid that was going to happen if the race had went any longer, he'd ran out of real estate on a good part of the track to be able to stay in there, but still yeah it took a while to get somebody to uh especially a dirt racer to get there and and to win a race on dirt and then you had a couple of ringers that uh were thrown into there jonathan davenport who's great uh, dirt track driver uh had bad luck all night with it uh they threw some others in there matt crafton he was another one that had been out there on the on dirt tracks before he didn't have good luck and then some of the others just they didn't perform well so you know you got to give hats off to christopher bell in this when he patient enough and he did what he had to do to get uh, joe gibbs racing back in the winner circle actually his first time and only the fifth win of his career uh overall some people might think he'd won a bunch of races up into this point but he only won five and that bristol race was the one he picked up his fifth win on
1: you know it wasn't just um it wasn't just bell of, as you noted know, in your story, uh, about the race on Augusta free press top six guys, uh, top six finishers were, were all guys with dirt track experience. And, you know, I loved in the story, how you wrote about how, uh, you know, it, it, especially bell explaining kind of his, his, his approach, you know, how, how he, he could take some turns. He could really attack one and two, but three and four, he had to be careful. Right. Um, you know, that kind of thing I mean you know, th- this wasn't this wasn't your cookie cutter race like you know some weekends in NASCAR um I imagine I mean w- when we were watching my wife and I were watching and we talked about how I mean in addition to you know the the challenges of driving on the dirt then you had the dirt on the windshields mm-hmm. um you had you, you're you're having to wrestle this car it felt like to me I mean just just when you when they had those in-car cameras it looked like those guys were just having to like like basically wrestle the steering wheel around to Right To to get through that, that had to be uh, just a physically demanding race to to run.
0: Yeah, I think it was. And, you know, it was cool. It ended up being cool that night. So heat wasn't a factor out of it. But, you know, still temperatures get up in the car and stuff. They can get up well over 100 degrees sometimes, and they can really do a number on you. But these guys were, were doing really great in considering, like what you said, they were fighting with the car. They were having to fight with it. And I guess that's what I've alluded to before when we've talked about the dirt race and so forth about so many drivers complaining about the dirt race. You know, Austin Dillon, uh, was one of those drivers that came out and Austin absolutely loved what they did at at Bristol. He just loved the track. He said, they finally have got it into shape. Uh, it was great. It was a great experience, but you know, like I said, on the other hand, Kyle Larson, not too favorable about it. Kyle Bush had said so on Saturday night, but you know, he said so in a, I would say a non-sarcastical way. He just kind of said, I think it's, you know, we've kind of done our duty here and stuff. It's kind of maybe time to move on, maybe have a dirt track race, but have it somewhere else. You know, I don't know. And then, you know, in the past couple of years, they've announced immediately after or toward the end of the race, Hey, we're coming back with dirt. It went silent this year. So we don't know if they're coming back with dirt again for the spring race or not. But, um, yeah, they were fighting, they were fighting with these cars and, uh, you saw a good example, I think, uh, especially with Fox a couple of times when I was in the media center, uh, Fox was zooming in on one particular part of the track that looked like there was a hole there in that track. And it's just the way that the track was moving the way that the clay had been mashed down and so forth. And if you went over it, it was a pretty hard rut was what it was. It would bottom your car out but these drivers had to adapt. And that's the the thing that I kind of constantly preach about this dirt race. And I've told people that have kind of been on the negative of it. I said, some of these drivers have had it too easy. Uh, They think they can get in the car and they can drive 500 laps and they're going to walk away and they're going to be feeling good, looking good and everything else. I want to see a racer get out of a car that's absolutely had a workout of a day trying to hold that car on the track i want to see one that gets out like the old days and had the dirt around their face when they pulled the goggles off you could see the white around through here and i want to see that out of them Um, of course they've got the full you know facial mask and everything with the helmets and so forth now but it's still just that thrill of yesteryear and that thrill of driving on dirt that kind of keeps me going with it because everybody asks the question did you go to the race and i said well yeah i went to the race and i went to cover it and they said wasn't much of a race to cover yeah i thought it was i thought it was a great race to cover but uh you know i don't know the, the big question right now goes back to the same thing we started with here a little bit earlier and i kind of touched on what in the world is bristol gonna have to do to get the fans in there is yeah. it gonna have to be later uh, are they gonna have to push this thing later on into april you know one time They had got this race out of the first part of, or I should say the last part or middle part of March, and they had kind of steered it away from that, and then they pushed back again, and it went into March, and I'll remember you know, distinctly, I think it was 06, I went to a race with a friend of mine from, uh, he was teaching in Wise County at the time, and we went to the race, and it was snowing. And I mean, it was one of those experiences. Like I have never been so cold at a race in all my life. Like I was, and I was a spectator that time. And I'm like, what are they going to have to do? They're going to have to move this thing to a later time. And so I don't, I think,
1: uh, I think that's it because, you know, I I was thinking about, I mean, the weather today in, in Virginia, uh, mid Atlantic is, is pretty nice. I mean, up my way, it's in the eighties. It's probably in the seventies, you know, throughout the, at least throughout the area, maybe even warmer down, down your way since you're South of us. Mm-hmm. um sunday night it was not it was not nice no. it was it was terrible no. weather i mean cold weather you kept seeing pictures you know during um you know when when the cameras were cut away from the action uh, maybe during you know uh you know breaks in, in the action whatever else and it, people just looked the people who were there there weren't many of them as you said right. they, but they didn't look like they were you know, they, they look like they were gold. Uh bundled blankets up is and, yeah. the best way to say it, bundled yeah. up. So yeah. And th- whether, weather weather in this part of the country is so unpredictable from one day to the next. Mm-hmm. Uh that uh yeah, I mean, cause I think I mean the TV ratings, like you meant like you mentioned, were were strong uh for Sunday night. And it it, it so people want to see this race. I I tuned in, I watched more of this race and I've watched of many other race, except for Daytona, the start the uh, opening race of the year. Um, but um you know, it's it's one thing to sit sit at home on TV and sit in your warm living room and watch it. It's another thing to be out there. And I, I imagine that's that could have kept a lot of folks away.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I have to also go back and I have to look at another situation too. The economy's got something to do with it. And I don't know how the gas prices are up your way right now. I know that where I'm at in Clintwood, I know we're staring at about $3.45 a gallon is what we're looking at. Uh, Bristol, when I went this past weekend, We were anywhere between, oh, I guess if you used your gas points at a particular grocery store that sponsored this race, uh, you probably look at about $3.15, but the regular price on some, uh, Monday, I even went to, uh, I had to go to Kingsport uh, Tri-Cities for a little, for a doctor's visit, and just regular gas, not the ethanol or anything else, $3.80, And so I think in some ways, this may have some people kind of, you know, turned off. They're kind of thinking, hey, we need to cut back on some things. Uh, The campground, the famous uh, Earhart campground that they have down there. I think one of them, I think there was a story that was published. Sometimes they've had as many as 2000 campers or, you know, camping, you know, RVs or whatever there this time around, they only had 88 so something has to be, you know, there's something that's going to have to be figured out about this whole thing. I don't fault Bristol Motor Speedway with it. They're trying to go and they're trying to price the tickets, at least for people to be able to go see the races. They offered up some great entertainment. I think this time around pre-race entertainment, even though if if the Easter thing wasn't your your cup of tea, they still had Tim Tebow there. They still had some you know some great artists and people. And you know, and they even brought back, which I'm going to talk about here in a little bit, they even brought back uh, the NASCAR Race Day with uh, Kenny Wallace and John Roberts, who used to be on Speed Channel. They brought it back for a revival and it ended up being it's going to be another, it's going to be a six race commitment that they're going to do at each of the Speedway Motorsports tracks it's going to be coming up this year. Um, and they're going to come back to Bristol in September, but you know, I think they had some great elements there in place for just a great event. And, uh, well, I walked out of the media center for, you know, really for everything to get started. And I started looking, I said, we don't have a crowd. What in the world's going on here? And you know, it's like, you're kind of left there scratching your head. Has it gotten too old with some people? If some people just, you know wanting the old days and wanting the real old days or is it just like has it worn its course you know has it wore something out like the track may have been i don't know it's just it's hard to really call right now at this point
1: i'm having a hard time finding uh the official attendance and i think that's a sign of something um
0: well nascar never officially releases attendance on any of the races and stuff when they say that If you have a track like Bristol and you have 150, 180,000 seats or something in there, they'll usually say sold out. And, you know, it's like the the football game when they had Virginia Tech and uh, Tennessee playing there for that uh, uh, battle at Bristol and so forth. Uh, They never really put a formal number on it, but they said they broke the record when it came to the largest um, sporting event, outside sporting event like that in uh, college football history and that was the one that that got the cake as long as they beat michigan or somebody else that's what they were worried about they didn't care about anything else they wanted to beat michigan because if you can beat somebody in the big house all them people and everything crammed in there and so forth then you've accomplished something
1: well they ought to do what wwe does wwe uh, for WrestleMania this year, they had that in, um, a football, the, uh, SoFi football stadium out in, in in Los Angeles. Right. And, you know, I mean, the, the stadium holds uh, 71,000 people, but when you set it up for wrestling, you put a big, uh, stage in and that kind of thing, people can't sit right behind that. So you put you also, then you have seats on the floor so that may balance it out. Anyway. Um, they announced 81,000 each night. They had two nights of WrestleMania this year. They announced 81,000 each night. Um, no, I mean, when they shot that when they showed pictures from above a couple of times, they should have probably shown different pictures because there were lots of empty seats. Um, they were the, the people who estimated say, uh, probably more like 65, which is still a great number, 65 Mm -hmm. each night for two straight nights of wrestling. That's, that's a good number. So NASCAR, Hey, if you just, just say there were a hundred thousand people there.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I got to give NASCAR credit and I got to give Fox credit. Um, at least they didn't go and computer generate people and put them in the seats to make it look that way like they did at the Olympics and I'm sorry NBC that's what you did one time before y'all computer generated some people around through there I think when an event or something was going on a pre-Olympic event Mm -hmm. and there was nobody there they put you know all these people in and of course they you know put in their visual effects for the fireworks when you couldn't even see The fireworks cause the smog is so bad in Peking, you know, or Beijing or whatever. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, that's kind of like NASCAR has not gone to that degree yet. The only far thing that they've really far reaching thing that they've done is some of these tracks are putting in multicolored seats. So they're Mm -hmm. putting in red, blue, they may put white in, they'll put them together in certain things. And if you're looking, you know, you may say, Hey, they got a bunch of people up there in the stands. If you're looking far enough away, but when they're, at Bristol, and you're right there on top of the action with the cameras, hey, there's no there's no showing, you know, 150-some thousand people there by showing empty seats. I mean, there's not going to be anything filled up in there. So, yeah, something's going to have to be done, especially, I think, by – I don't think they have to worry about it as much with the September race coming up for the playoffs because that's an instant attraction right there. Yeah. But yeah. I think they're going to have to come up with something that it makes it worthwhile going going to bristol in that spring race though again yeah
1: i found a couple of columns uh one on the athletic one on espn.com just that we're kind of going to that that point that you made that mm-hmm. maybe the maybe the dirt race has lost its luster uh you know and i me not but obviously you know the the lack of attendance live um you know could be a big factor there so um I, I'll, I'll miss it if it goes away I, i've enjoyed it the last couple of years but uh you know the majority rules i guess as far as that goes so
0: i'll miss it too i, I mean i'll i'll miss it and especially miss it this last time around when i went out to the uh, the car to get in the car to come back home and stuff and i found a nice kind of brownish looking residue on my car and you know uh, <laughs> they've talked about this bristol vortex and stuff they get the cars going fast enough you know, they're hoping it'll go and it'll push all the bad weather out. Well, the vortex is true. I'm just going to tell you that right now. There was enough speed going around with those cars around that oval that it had to be a vortex because man, my car was covered with all that clay dust after the race and everything. I said, huh, this may be another reason why people didn't come to the race. They didn't want to smother to death up there in the stands. But you know, it's 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 just it is what it is. There's no other way around it. So the series heads to uh,
1: Martinsville this coming weekend, Um, I guess. I've been calling it the Virginia swing. Technically, the Bristol Raceway is in Tennessee, which you reminded me of this weekend because I wrote a story about the the Virginia-Tennessee football game. And I sent you down into the middle of it all after that. (laughs) Um, But um, so we're actually back in Virginia, the Virginia part of the Virginia swing uh, in Martinsville this weekend. What what can fans expect? There won't be any dirt. We, We know that much.
0: Uh, fortunately nobody nobody paid any attention to know w- that it was me and I was down in Tennessee to bring that up so at least good. we dodged a bullet there and I, I mean, didn't that, I didn't get you I didn't get you attacked or anything that's no, pretty good. You didn't good. get me attacked or you didn't get me thrown out or anything but yeah, uh, yeah. you know still going to Martinsville this weekend uh, you know the big paper clip the giant paper clip as it's regarded this is getting back to even more roots of NASCAR than you know even what Bristol is Bristol's got the high banks uh martinsville has only got a certain pitch you know to the way that their uh their banking is it's not much but most of the time it's flat is what it is and we're going back to the track this year that ross chastain made the move of a lifetime and he can't do it again because they banned him from doing it uh how does that stand going into this race uh, this weekend uh it's hard to tell because just as we're recording this afternoon, the big news, I just got a release here coming in from Hendrick Motorsports just a few uh, few minutes ago before we went on. Chase Elliott's going to be back in the car this weekend. That's a big jump. And so Chase Elliott, you know, he's he's done well at Martinsville before. Hendrick does well at Martinsville. You've got to give some credit right there to those guys. Um, you know, they managed to fight off that uh, that one fine and stuff and the the points and everything else. But William Byron... Uh, still got hit with a fine. And so he's still going to be kind of paying the punishment for it, so to speak, as they go to Martinsville. But, you know, I have to give edge, I have to give a little bit of an edge to, uh, to Elliot and also to maybe uh, Kyle Larson in this because they like those flats, uh, flat tracks, and they like those little small tracks and that's kind of what they grew up on racing. Um, I've got to give some edge there too. Uh, we may be seeing a resurgence of Joe Gibbs Racing after this Christopher Bell win at Bristol. Uh, you may see Martin Truex in the in the thick of things. And you know, I had a chance to kind of sit in on an interview with Martin Truex, and you know, he he talked a little bit about the uh, the big brouhaha that happened at Richmond with his crew and getting mad on the radio and stuff. And he said, you know, hey, we'd forgot about it by the time we were walking out of the race on Sunday. Uh he said his crew chief and and he had talked about it and they kind of forgot about it. Um it wasn't as bad. I know Adam Stevens, who was uh, Christopher Bell's crew chief, uh he made a good slap at one particular driver. <clears throat> I think we know who it is too, because he was the former crew chief for this driver. Somebody asked him something about tension on the radio and so forth, and he said, nah, he said. Uh, now with Christopher Bell and stuff he said I don't have that he said but I'm used to abuse and that's all he would say about it and I kind of knew who he was talking about it when he was in the media center yeah. uh and but you know we'll we'll have to wait and see about this uh short track uh short track programs it's going to be good um you know, I wouldn't be even surprised too that maybe a driver an AJ Allmendinger may come up and surprise some people out of this uh he didn't have a good race this this last time at Bristol but, you know, he seems to love close corners and close quarters racing is what he likes. And so we may see him bumping and rubbing against somebody trying to get to the front and everything. If everything goes according to plan, Joey Logano good on those short tracks as well. So I kind of look for a resurgence uh, sort of more than anything else in the, uh, the Hendrick programs this weekend with Chase Elliott coming back. Uh, we might see a, a Bowman. We might see a Byron in there as well. We might see Elliott near the top 10, and, boy, that'd be a rebound for him coming back and stepping into a car and getting into Martinsville and either winning or leading the race. He'll, he'll get a big round of applause out of it. Well, that's uh, something to look forward to this weekend. Hey,
1: as we're wrapping up the show, um, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, uh, Rod, we're having a better day than our colleague Jerry Ratcliffe Uh, Jerry emailed me during the show to say, Hey man, I'm waiting. Uh, if, you know, if you want to still do a podcast today, Jerry and I do podcasts at five o'clock on Thursdays each week. And I wrote, I I quickly typed a message to Jerry saying, Hey, it's, it's actually Wednesday. And he said, I've been thinking it's Thursday all day long. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And so I'm running back real quick to say, well, good news is, you know, you get another Thursday tomorrow. He said, I hope it's better than this one. So. Yeah, have you yeah. ever done that you ever gone a whole day thinking it's a certain day and then you at some point realize man
0: i was off by a whole day yeah i i have thought that you know and, it, and when you're teaching it does that to you i mean that's the sort of thing it does to you and then you've got those days too like uh and i'm sure jerry's had them too the days that's uh um exactly like out of the bill murray movie uh, yeah, groundhog know, Day. groundhog yeah. day i mean yeah. you can have those days too and it's like god will this day ever end will this day ever end and it seems like for the last couple of weeks, Jerry's been reporting about stuff. that just seems like it's never going to end for Virginia basketball and the mm-hmm. transfer portal and everything else and stuff. And then I hear, uh, especially after the, uh, well, the final eight, I guess is what it was, uh, Crichton here, yeah. they've gone and they've lost a majority of their basketball team that got them to the, uh, got them to the elite eight down to the, down to the wire and, and everything. And it's like, it's not just saved for Virginia basketball. This is for everybody before it's over with. And I, I don't see how Jerry's keeping up with it, to be honest with well, you.
1: It's, it's it, tough. Yeah, it is it is tough. I'm, I'm trekking the transfer portal every, I mean, several times an hour <laughs> during the workday. And I have to look at it at night, too, because there was news late one. Let's see, this is Wednesday. Yeah, this is Wednesday. I have to remind myself of that. Monday night late, uh, we get the news. Francisco Cofaro, the no. now former Virginia player, uh, his news is that he was transferring to Santa Clara. And that came about eleven o'clock at night. So I was just, yeah, you're, you're, you're. It's it's seven days a week, and at least during like a season, with you know, basketball season, football season, you know, you there's a game on like Tuesday or Wednesday, there's a game on Saturday, whatever the case may be. Um, Now it's just
0: twenty four seven transfer portal. <laughs> it's it reminds me of impulsiveness. It reminds me of getting there at eleven o one, and Taco Bell closes at like eleven thirty. And you try to get everything you can and get to Taco Bell to feed the hunger and so forth. And you drive there, you get there, you get your order, you get back, you eat, and you're you're all satisfied. But then a couple hours later, you got bad bellyache. You're waking yeah. up to you know about <laughs> in the middle of the night. So I mean, it's just that's what the transfer portal reminds me of right now. The way this thing is going, it's so impulsive. And who would have thought Pharaoh would have even gone to a place like santa clara that just kind of took me by surprise you know most of them have gone to well we had one that went to duke we had one that's you know decided on other places some have went to north carolina state however you want to call it but yeah santa clara i'm like okay the only santa clara team that i know is a drum and bugle corps the santa clara vanguard that's the only one that i know of they play basketball out there yeah, I didn't steve know that. nash
1: played now steve nash played there uh okay. hall of fame player ended up playing for the mavericks uh who else did he play for phoenix suns of course um ended up being an nba coach for a little while um and he also played soccer there that is literally all i know about santa clara that steve wow. nash played Basketball and soccer there, and and other than that, and it's in California. There you go. That that is the extent of what I know about Santa Clara. Well,
0: in Santa Clara, I know it's close somewhere to San Francisco. I know it's not. Oh, far there, far
1: there's far. that right. It's okay,
0: so yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I know because uh, and they're in
1: Gonzaga's wife. conference. That's the yeah. other
0: thing. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> my wife has a cousin. I think she just recently graduated from uh University of San Francisco out there, and you know. At one time, you start thinking, uh, well, there's nothing out there in California for basketball teams, but you got to remember, I remember this from, of all things, a Pizza Hut NCAA Final Four basketball cup that they used to sell. San Francisco won a national championship back what in the fifties, I think Two, is when they with Bill Russell, the,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, 55 right.
0: and 56. Yeah. 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 So I, I remember that. And when people start saying, Oh, there are no teams that's good out on the West coast or anything, you know, Gonzaga here they are and they come out and they usually fizzle out by about the sweet 16 or the final eight or something like that, the elite eight. And I'm like, yeah, but there's been some other schools. Well, I've never heard of them. And then you say, Oh, San Francisco. That doesn't count as a college. It's like, well, you know, there's a lot of these teams that didn't count as colleges back in the 40s and 50s, or the 50s especially, that won national championships. You you doubt very seriously they'd be able to, you know, hold a candle to some of these teams today and so forth. And it's like the team that uh, what was it uh, that ended up becoming uh, was it Texas Christian? I guess is what it was, Texas baptist or something like that and they played kentucky for the national championship and beat adolph Rupp. that was the oh surprise that was that yeah that was
1: the, they became utep eventually they were UTEP texas western yeah, at the time they, they, they're now West. texas el paso but yeah, yeah yeah texas western uh in that famous game the three the uh the all five the all black starting five against the yeah. all white starting five wow yeah 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 first well, first time ever yeah yeah
0: hey this well, is this We've deviated from the course here a little
1: bit. That's all right. That's all right. No, this is good. Yeah. So uh, we're having a better Wednesday than some other people are. It's going to be Thursday tomorrow. That's That's a good thing. Hey, Rod, as always, thank you for your time and your insight. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks.